0: And welcome to the HR Happy Hour Network. This is the Play by Play podcast hosted by myself, Jack McFarland, and Nicholas Schlimmer. How's it going, guys? You know, here at the Play by Play, we are all about exploring Gen Z, especially how it will affect the workforce in the future. So today, we are very excited to bring you an interview with someone who is a already in the workforce and b a part of Gen Z. Please help us welcome our good friend Jake Adams.
1: Jake, welcome to the show.
2: Hey, how's it going? I'm, uh, I'm Jake.
1: Jake, we're just going to have a couple of questions. We just want to know, like, what do you do as a job and how it kind of came about in the
2: beginning? So I am a union carpenter uh, in Local 662. Um, I got in right after high school, after we graduated. That's usually what I spend most of my day doing. If not, I'm at home working on you know, a project or just kind of relaxing.
0: That's great, I mean, I guess that kind of leads right into my first question here. Um, you went straight from high school to your job. Kind of tell me what is that like not doing the traditional going to college route?
2: It's definitely got its ups and downs. um My parents actually were nice enough to let me stay at their place while I save up money so I can you know grow move out you know that way I have some extra cash just in case I need it. you know, let's say, oh, my car breaks down, you know, I can pay for it but it's really stressful, to be honest with you. I really wanted to go to college, but looking back, I didn't have the finances or the support to do it. So mm-hmm. I just had to find somewhere to work.
1: Yeah, so that just kind of brought a thought to my mind, Jake. You had mentioned that a lot of times it's hard for college students to go straight into straight into college because it does cost so much money. Mm-hmm. And I saw this statistic that in 2022, 55% of high school graduates – either have no plans to attend college or are uncertain. And then obviously you kind of fell into that. And it did say that the main concern was the money. That seems to be a driving factor in, in what we're seeing nowadays.
2: It was definitely expensive whenever I've got my first, you know, Oh, this is for your dorm, for your meal pass for, you know, if you're wanting to get like a suite or whatever, so-and-so it was $28,000 a semester for SIU. And I couldn't come up with that kind of money and my parents didn't want to help me out because if, you know, if I fail to make a payment, it's on me. And I'm also, you know, I don't think a piece of paper should be able to tell you what you can and can't do. And also job security. I know that I'm going to wake up in the morning and I know I'm going to have a job and I'm going to go to work and I'm going to have money to feed my family, uh, pay for my rent, my expenses, so-and-so, and have leisure money as well. Being a carpenter is really, uh, It's a livable wage. I think it's a median of $90,000 or so per year once you get up there. And I think I did some research that the average median family makes around $50,000 a year. So it's definitely very comfortable of a wage. But I couldn't afford it. And I know that being a carpenter, I'm going to get to go to different places every day, maybe work on something I like working on. I like using my hands and learning on the job. So I thought carpentry would be a really great way to go.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. Um, So you are fairly new um, to carpentry. So what's kind of, I know you say the median pay is 90,000, but what's kind of the roadmap from, you know, just finishing high school and then moving your way up? Because obviously, you know, you're not going to get paid that much right away. So what does that kind of look like uh, as someone who would maybe be looking into going into a trade? Whoa, what's kind of the deal with that?
2: For carpenters, they go through the hall. The hall is where you get your work. Is where they sign you up. They put you into the union. You have to, um, you have to go through a speech almost, and like make a deal with the union saying that you can't do, you know, non-union work. But I went through that, and then you have to get a company to hire you. Well, my girlfriend's dad called a company that's really well known around the area, Mindorf and Royce, and they. They're like, yeah, we'll take you on. You're cheap. You're brand new. We can teach you a lot of stuff. And then if we like you, we'll keep you and you'll be a good carpenter. So you started a term one apprentice from whenever you get hired. And you go up a term or two terms every year because you go to school every three months. So that's approximately terming up twice a year. Um, you have to have 750 hours worked before you can term up as well. So Basically, you start at a term one apprentice, and you work for them, they pay you, you know, they give you your benefits and all that, and you go to school. There's a carpenter school in Belleville and in St. Louis for our local that will train you, and the more you get training, the more you term up. Um, You go to school Tuesday through Friday, and again, it's every three months, and it's only from like 6 to 3.30. So... It's not bad. You're getting paid while doing it. And the school actually runs through SWIC. So it's SWIC credit. And if you do sign up for SWIC, you don't have to. But if you do, they save those credits and you can take a, or like a project management class. Mm-hmm. And now you can go and be a superintendent. That's what makes the most money. You could be a superintendent, a job manager, a, a bidder, all that kind of stuff.
0: So what I'm hearing is basically if you don't want to take the college route, there is still a path back to college if you really want. For those who don't know, Swick is a community college in uh, the local Illinois area. Um, so, yeah, I think that's great that, you know, because if you change your mind down the road going to college, I mean, you're taking some credits right now. Yeah, yeah definitely. And then I kind of
1: wanted to reach back on a, on a point that you made that that you were kind of new and young to this profession. So I was wondering, have you seen any, like, in the workplace, have you seen any disadvantages of being fresh out of high school, jumping straight into it? Disadvantages Um, or advantages, honestly, anything?
2: I think it's a great learning experience. Uh, The guys that I work with are nice. They teach me new things. If I mess up, they don't really get mad at me. But at the same time, you are new, and there is that expectation of you need to be learning. And if you're not learning, then they're not going to pay you. You're going to get sent back to the hall, and you're going to have to start trying to find work again. So, being a new guy, you know, it's the new guy. You get made fun of, you know, you get picked on a lot. Like, it is what it is, and that's what they're going to do. But it's really fun. They make jokes with you. They want. They, I guess it's like they're testing you out if they like you or not. Um, but a really big disadvantage to being a new guy is sometimes they'll ask you to do something and you don't understand. And then... And some other guy will do it. And then you just kind of stand there and watch. So Mm -hmm. they always tell you, make sure you're asking questions, make sure you understand. So in that case, let's say he's like, oh, go build me a wall buck for that wall over there. Do you have any idea what that is? No. So whenever you're building a wall, I'll give you a little lecture. Whenever you're building a wall, it's when you take two studs and you put one in between. That way you can connect two walls together and have something to nail. I would have, if I didn't know what that was, I would have said, hey, what's a wall buck? And they would have said, oh, you got to place these two, two by fours like this right here. And you shoot them together. Boom. So.
1: Yeah. So with that learning process that, that you're kind of talking about, how you, you kind of have to sit back and watch sometimes. Is there anything that you would change or add to maybe more benefit all the new people coming into a specific training?
2: Um, You don't go to school right away because they're there to teach you. And basically you go to school to reaffirm what you're learning. So what I would do is I would, if I were hiring somebody new who didn't know what they were doing, fresh green right out of high school, I would teach them like simple things like how to read a blueprint, how to put together a wall, how to frame a wall, how to just simple things like that, putting up a wall, um, like maybe like a little crash course, maybe like not even, but again, you get taught that on the job. Usually they, they sent me my first job to where they were framing walls and standing them and all that. And they taught me that there. But if you're looking to hire somebody who's not interested because they don't know what they're doing, I would say put them in an environment where they can learn and then put them in the actual workforce.
0: Yeah. So it's like a lot of hands-on learning is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess kind of sticking with, you know, being young or being new in the profession, um, do you feel that, as a younger worker, not necessarily a new worker, but as a younger worker, you are 18, 19. Um, do you feel like there's any stereotypes or like traditions of seniority uh, from the older workers that are coming down to you like, oh, you're, you're in Gen Z, you know, you're just gonna be on your phone, you're not gonna do this, you're not gonna do that. Do you feel like there's any of that going on?
2: I do hear a lot of that is that people like, you know, Gen Z, younger people are always on their phone, you know, they don't pay attention, this and that. In fact, in my interview, they asked if I even knew how to use a tool. So wow, um, they don't really have very high expectations for people because they were like, do you know how to use like a, a drill? I'm like, well, well, yeah. And they're like, it's crazy because most people don't know how. Like whenever yeah. they first start. And I'm like, really?
0: Yeah. Do you think that there's anything that you can do? Not necessarily you, but I mean, maybe as a generation, that Gen Z can do when going into jobs like these, what advice would you give them?
2: Honestly, when he asked me that question, I said, yeah, but it didn't really like most of the time people are going to say stuff at the work for like at work that you're just going to let fly over your head. Like I got yelled at by my foreman one day because he was like, he had his tape measure out. He was literally right there ready to measure it. And he was like, Hey, you need to come over here and measure this. I'm like, man, you were right there to measure it. And he's like, what are you lazy or something? I'm like, dude, you're making life way harder than it has to be. I don't know why you're just measure it. You're right there. You mm-hmm. know, but you just, that's my boss. You gotta let it fly over your head and you're like, okay, man, I'll go measure that.
0: Yeah, you gotta roll with the punches.
2: You gotta roll with it. That's yeah, so- the seniority thing is, you know, they're the boss. You just kinda gotta do what they say. Listen to what they say, take it, absorb it.
1: And Yeah, definitely. So kind of adding on to that seniority point, whenever it's Gen Z's turn to become that senior in the position, like right now you're just starting off, but how do you think Gen Z over time can have an effect and or change the profession to maybe not have those weird moments where he's just pick on you all the time or whatever it may be? How do you think that Gen Z can kind of help
2: with that? Well, I know from personal standpoint, point i plan on trying to be a foreman or a job supervisor to where i get to that point where i'm kind of running the show is i know where i'm at and sometimes there's things they say that i don't understand and i think it would be nice to you know if i have a do de- like a fresh new kid on my job site i'm going to make sure he knows all the ropes make sure like so a lot of the time like even today when i was at work um they were kind of going over things that i already knew because i'm a second term apprentice i've already termed up and I know a lot more than what a fresh guy would know. But they went over it still. They made sure I knew. Um, you know, just make sure they know what they're doing. You know, ask him once, ask him twice. Watch him do it. And don't like freak out at him if he gets it wrong, you know. Just take your time with it. I know it like building things, there's quotas. The way they bid on it is usually a time and money. And everything has to be done so fast, but. If you can help a guy out, you're going to get a job done 10 times faster than yelling at him and telling him to stop doing that, you know?
0: So you'd almost introduce not necessarily a new style of management, but kind of cut out the, you know, barking orders or getting mad. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I I really like your idea of a whole new management style, Jake. And that kind of leads me to my next question is, and this one's not necessarily for carpentry, but maybe trades as a whole, or even just the workforce as a whole. What impact do you see Gen Z having in the future, not just on trades, like I said, but in the workforce?
2: Um, I know people that are older than us would probably see it as lazy or like unproductive, but a more chill, relaxed work environment. Everything's not so under the pressure, stressed out, you know, they're gonna be taking time to learn and perfect their skill before, you know, barking orders at people or yelling at them or calling them names. They're going to take the time to learn what that person is struggling with and teach them. Like in all trades, there's, there's a constant learning. Everybody has to continue to learn. There's new stuff every year, safety wise, um, a new way to do something. And that's for everything. Um, it's just going to be taking it one step at a time instead of let's get this pumped out as fast as possible. Um, you know, some companies would cut corners on stuff like that. Um, but well, I definitely see it being a more productively, but chill, more slower paced, you know, work day.
0: Yeah, like like do it right the first time, uh, yeah. even if it takes more time.
2: Yeah.
1: For sure. Yeah, definitely, and then whenever you were first looking for a job out of high school, was there anything in particular, like maybe some of the things that you had just mentioned, were you looking for any of those things at a potential employer before you said, I'll take the job? Like, was there Um, anything that you were looking for?
2: I was looking for a company that I knew would treat me right. That would, you know, I wouldn't go there and get yelled at all day or treated like the new guy. Um, and I found my place. Um, They went there, they talked to me, they asked if I knew how to do things, they asked if I was comfortable with getting on heights and everything, making sure I felt safe. Um, There were days throughout whenever I first started that if I was up high, they would ask if I was okay, if I was tied off correctly, you know, all that stuff. They make me feel like I'm welcome there and they make me feel like a valued employee. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's really great to hear. I mean, I I don't know how common that is in the trades to really have a company like that where they really do care for you, especially if you're a new guy and making sure that you're comfortable doing everything. Do you feel that there's any disadvantages um, as a member of Gen Z just going into a job, not necessarily a trade job, but just a job in general?
2: That's a good question. I kind of mellowed out, but maybe because it is a trade and it's mainly, you know, it's a masculine job. Where they kind mm-hmm. of see you as, oh, just another guy here to work, you know. But as Gen Z as a whole, I think getting into a job right now is kind of hard just because people have all these expectations already set and put in place. You know, people that have been there for a really long time that know exactly what's going on, who's here, who's there, who's doing what. Um, and if you don't meet their standards, you know, you don't, you don't get the job. Yeah. That's the thing. What do you
0: think uh, Gen Z kind of brings to the table? Like if you were the spokesperson of Gen Z and you're applying for a job, you know, this is what we do. Great. What do you think would be our biggest strengths as a generation going into the workplace?
2: We persevere. We find an answer. We work hard for that. And we find an answer to it. I'm not just going to give up and throw in the towel and be like, "Eh, whatever, I'm going to go play on my phone or whatever, or however they Mm -hmm. see it. I think Gen Z as a whole, Is very good at finding answers to things and working through problems and situations.
1: And me and Jack have kind of hit on this point with some previous guests as well, but I'm just curious, kind of going back to your, your job in particular, um, Mm -hmm. have you ever kind of done the reverse mentorship idea with your um, um, higher ups in your job force? Have you ever actually showed them something or as Gen C as a whole, like in your area ever showed them like hey like what if we tried this
2: i have there have been a couple of times where i kind of thought of an idea that they weren't thinking um i an example i would say is we were trying to load these very big windows up on a lift so that they could go up to a higher floor so we can install them well we were trying to tie them around but they were too or too wide these were like eight foot by eight foot windows and the rope we had was too big so or too small sorry and me and my foreman were there. The guy controlling the lift was there, and we were kind of thinking of ideas. I was like, hey, what if we go through the inside of the window and wrap it around, you know, through where they actually divide, and maybe it will be small enough or big enough to kind of wrap around the lift. And my boss kind of looked at me and said, hey, that's a great idea. Let's try that. So we did that, and we tied it up, and it worked. And he was like, hey, that, that's great. Way to, way to think outside the box on that one. It's always good to put your input in there, even if it may not be listened to all the time. Throw your idea out there. That's what they told me. Throw your idea out there. If it works, great on you. It's good thinking outside of the box. Way to find an answer. So yeah, I think I think there's a couple of times where my opinion or my thought has benefited the workplace.
0: Yeah, and with that, do you see any sort of I guess reward would be the right thing or is it kind of like a you know hey thanks for the input you know do they ever you know now that you've solved the problem do they come to you more often do you see anything like that going on
2: um there were a couple times where my foreman would be like hey so what do you think we should do with this there was a time where we were putting in a doorway and the floor underneath it wasn't level so we were a quarter inch off of it being plumbed to where the door would fit in and we have enough room to caulk it closed um He's like, I'm a quarter inch off. What do you think I should do here? And we were sitting there kind of thinking, I'm like, well, what if we kind of shimmed it up on this side and we tried to just balance it out at maybe an eighth or so? That way we have an eighth of a gap. I know it's really small and that'd be a tight fit. He's like, and he still told me no, but he still listened to my, you know, my answer and what I thought would help. Mm -hmm. And he was still acknowledging that I was trying to throw an answer out there. But he told me, no, that the gap would still be too small. We still want a little bit of a gap because if it's too small, then you can't caulk it properly. So we took advice from there. He figured out a solution. We work from there. So it's not always 100% going to work, but it's still nice to know that they are listening. And that is kind of your reward is that they're listening. They're paying attention. You know, they're working to find a solution with you.
1: Yeah, definitely. And that listening component, I think, comes in to just play a huge role role especially for our generation with with all of us for most of us are entering the workforce for the first time and having the ability or being able to have your voice heard is just going to make us feel that much better whenever we do bring up that idea where and it just gets shot down doesn't work maybe really wasn't that good of the idea but we thought (laughs) it was but just to have the ability to speak out and say something like that really helps out our generation a lot Mm -hmm. i agree
0: what would what advice would you give a, uh, an employer um, that is looking to employ Gen Z?
2: I guess same thing on that listening aspect. Listen to what they have to say. You know, maybe they have something that nobody at the work has thought of. Maybe there's they know something that your guys haven't thought about, or there's something new or a new way to do something. And reaching back to my point of earlier, there's always a new way to do something. A lot of mm. carpenters now, and I guess. I would say most tradespeople have done it that whole way their whole life, and they've said, you know, that's how they do it, and that's how they're going to continue to do it until you know. There's new Gen Z going into the workforce; they have new ideas, they have new ways to improve that can probably get a job done faster than the way they're doing it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think I think almost in every every workplace or um, different type of job that we have that we have where a lot of t- times things have been done, like you said, just for years on repeat, same way, minimal changes maybe here and there. But I think now with, especially with us in the seniority per se of the job site, kind of retiring and falling out, there's going to be a whole lot of new ideas that we can bring in. And eventually we're going to have that top seat to where we can imply our own things. So definitely I like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree with you there. So kind of moving on to the wrap-up here, so to say, Jake, do you have any questions for me and Nick?
2: Not really. I think we touched all the bases of what being a carpenter is and going to the workforce and all that. But really, the union is looking for manpower. There's a lot of open jobs right now. It's very easy to get into the union and to a trade. So if anybody's looking for a job, yeah.
0: You heard it here first. If anyone's looking for a job, please go to the union. Help out Jake Adams. You know, you might be his co-worker. Take the leap of faith.
1: Yes, definitely. I, I like that. I like that aspect. Look forward to something new. Try something out that you may not know that you'd like yet. And that just kind of like Jack said we're wrapping up the show here, and as always, we're going to finish it off with the quote of the show, probably my favorite my favorite part of the show. and And this one today does not have I do not have anybody to quote or cite for this, but it says, "Everyone is in a different race. In fact, we're not even in a race. We're on our path. Some walk, some run. Guys, that has been the HR Happy Hour Network, the play-by-play podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in today.
0: Yes, and we would like to thank Jake for an awesome interview and just a great time.
2: Thank you guys for having me, man. I enjoyed it. Of course.
0: Once again, guys, thank you very much for listening. Um, We really appreciate it, and please feel free to reach out to us. Yep. Thank
1: you, everybody, for listening today, and bye for now.